Good evening, good evening. Welcome. Hey, Pinch Punch, first day of the month. It's February. It's February, shortest month of the year. Do a daily reminder, of course, that Fiona chose a literal ogre over dating a short guy. Really tragic, really horrendous. So, uh, And a reminder, of course, that in the modern world, it is perfectly acceptable, if not downright positive, to ask a man his height, but it's absolutely unacceptable to ask a woman her weight. Why? If you have to ask, well, you're just a bigot and I can't help you. <laughs> All right. HD shiny head, please. Well, you can um, free domain, uh, sorry, dlive.tv slash free domain. So. All right. I am here for your questions, but I tell you, I have something I am desperate to talk about. First, my face is as itchy as a bear's ass. Uh, when it's up against a tree. So just wanted to mention that. Um, I'm not sure the old uh, face scrub is going to stay or not, uh, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like having a bunch of spiders dumped on your chin. Uh, for those of you who are into really, really kinky internet stuff. So, yeah, if you have questions, comments, I'm happy to hear them. You can let me know. But, yes, there is, in fact, something that I want to uh, talk about. Steph, in which of your books do you talk about how you think the West will end? Well, it's currently one that I am, uh, well, of course, you can look at The Decline and Fall of Rome, The Truth About the Fall of the Rome, which you can, fdrpodcasts.com, fdrpodcast.com. That's the place to go for your searches. You can do a search for there, do a search for shows, and then down at the bottom, you will see the videos if you want to watch those. But uh, I'm writing about it. Well, I finished the first draft. I'm just working my way through edits on the second draft. I'm about... I guess close to a third of the way through the edits on the second draft. And then I'll probably go straight to the uh, audiobook. My new book called The Present is about the fall of the West. So it's a story. It's um, a men's rights. It's a story of love set against the men's rights movement and the fall of the West. And it's, um, I love it. I just love that book. I love this book. I love it so much. Yeah, the tech woman who can't find a date. Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to talk about. So remember, freedomain.locals.com. Freedomain.locals.com. That's the place to go. It's a great, great community. And I hope you will check it out. Can you and your daughter watch and review It's a Wonderful Life, the movie? Is there anything really to be said about that movie? I'm sort of happy to hear about it, but I think a lot of it has been said about it already. So, EU, is are they going to ban open source operating systems? <laughs> Well, you can't control the population with open source. Uh, it's like Bitcoin. All right, so let's, yeah, let's get to this woman. This is wild. This is absolutely wild. And I don't often get obsessed by this stuff. You know, it's interesting. But this one has been burning my brain up. Like, it's been burning a hole in my brain for like 24 hours. And I think there's so much into it that I really want to get your your thoughts about it. I really want to get your thoughts about it. All right. Let me just double check here that everything's doing okay on various platforms. And uh, remember, if you are on the Locals platform, I guess also on Telegram, you can uh, give me a tip. I'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, I, am, uh, I have deep innards. I don't want just a tip. I'm sorry, I'm just going to check here. I'm just waiting for feedback from... 
I loved your tooth review of Avatar 2. It was much enjoyable. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Why does evil come to power as opposed to goodness and rationality, which should arguably be established? Evil comes to power because people don't view it as evil, right? They, people don't view evil as evil. They view it as good. They view it as socially necessary. They view it as virtuous. Taxes are the prices we pay to live in a civilized society. I mean, you got to have our roads. got to have national defense, even though people in America might think that's not being too well established at the moment. So, yeah, evil doesn't come to power. Evil masquerading as good, that comes to power. And, of course, it takes a huge amount of propaganda, which first and foremost comes from parents to convince people that evil is good and good is evil. So, yeah, the, the, the whole purpose of philosophy is to help you identify evil, therefore to avoid evil, to pursue virtue, and to be happy thereby. But evil doesn't come to power. Uh, evil perceived as virtue comes to power. All right. So here's what I have been obsessed about, and you can tell me what you think. This is a short post. I don't know where. Hashtag women in tech, hashtag single. Single women in tech, 34, total compensation, $850,000. What am I doing wrong? Been single for the past three years. Love traveling, been to 20-plus countries, and have lived in three continents. So I've had a lot of fun experiences. I am a mixed race, five foot six, also very active physically, and my male friends say I'm definitely eight plus in terms of looks. I have tried dating on pretty much most of the apps, and the quality of men out there has been dismal. Most of them get intimidated once they know I own a house, speak five languages, travel around the world, have a fancy car, and manage a team of 20 plus at Google. I also love photography and being out in nature. Despite being super busy at work, I take time out for nurturing my relationships and prioritizing quality time with my partner. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Any advice? Uh, yes, I will answer questions on every platform known to man and some that only come through on cybernetic ether space. So I have been really fascinated by this article, this uh, this, this, this. This cry for help, this cri de coeur, the cry of the heart, the cry for help. And I'm happy to get your thoughts about it. I want to sort of parse this out because there's so much about the modern world to unpack here. For those of you who can't read my coffee cup, it's a picture of a 20-sided dice and says, because I'm the DM, that's why. All right. 34. Okay, single woman in tech. So what does she, this is the title, single woman in tech. 34, total compensation, $850,000. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, this I hate to be this one of these, gosh, weird, like one of the things you see when midwits oppose somebody's argument. It's like, oh, he's gotten so much wrong. I barely even know where to start. The weariness of having to parse out everything that he did wrong. <laughs> it's just one of these ways that you get this midwit Oh, lofty fedora wearing contempt for everything we're trying to do. <laughs> so, single woman in tech, 34. Okay, 34 is tough, right? 34 is tough, lady. 34 is really tough. 34 is tough. Why? Okay, so by the time you're 34, right? by the time you're 34, you've been an adult for a long time, 16 years. 18 to 34, you've been an adult for 16 years. Your adulthood can drive a car. You've been an adult for 16 years. Question, obvious, basic, fundamental question. 
why are you still single? Why are you still single? Now, I met my wife when we were in our early 30s. It can happen in the same way that people can win the lottery. But if you're 34, that's a warning flag for men. So, ladies, look. Men are pretty good at math, right? Men are pretty good at math. I'm sure women are fine too, but men are pretty good at math. So a man looks at you at 34 and says, okay, so 34, let's say we meet, let's say we date, let's say that we like each other. It's going to be probably a year or two until we get married. Let's say two years to get married. That's 36. Maybe she wants a year to get comfortable. We're going to start having babies at 37. And what if I want a couple of babies? Then we're pushing into the 40s. I mean, already in her mid-30s, she's what's called a geriatric pregnancy. So 34, you might feel young, you might look young, but hips don't lie and eggs don't lie. I should do a cover of that Shakira song, right? Eggs don't lie. 34, like 90 plus percent of your eggs are already dead, right? And there's a, couple, a bit of a delay, right? Unless she's in some big hurry, she doesn't seem to be in some big hurry. So, 34, giant red flag. You're still single, and you've been single for the last three years. And here's the funny thing. Women say, and they think that this means something to a man. Well, it does. It's just the opposite. They say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm super pretty, but nobody wants to date me. <laughs> okay, ladies, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you here. I really am. Working my, the bellows of my masculinity to try and help you. The prettier you are, the more of a red flag it is if you're single in your 30s. Because if you're that pretty and you can't find a date, something's seriously wrong. Something's seriously wrong. So 34, total compensation, $850,000. Okay. So total compensation, $850,000. Now, when you skip down to the bottom, she says, total compensation, $850,000. Assets, $3 million. Hmm? You're making close to a million dollars a year, honey, and you've only got $3 million worth of assets at the age of 34? I would have questions about how you've been handling your money. So, 34, total compensation, $850,000. What am I doing wrong? Okay. Guys, I know that there's a couple of guys who listen to the show and watch the show. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Hit me with a why if you find it very attractive that she makes close to a million dollars a year. Hit me with a why if that's a big plus for you. N Y N N N N N N N Yes, one million is a lot. Okay. So um, it's overwhelmingly, it's not attractive. Okay, let's just wait for that to catch up for a second. Now, I won't do a why because I did the last one. Hit me with the, hit me with the letter Q. Hit me with the letter Q if you view the $850,000 a year as a negative. Hit me with a Q if you view that as a negative. Not like it's not a part, it's not... For those of you who find it's not a positive, is it in fact a negative? Okay, so Q's. Q, 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 A told it was going to, it's a Q and A with some T and A. Right. 
somebody says P, P plus, I assume that's Q plus. Okay, so tell me why you view that as a negative. Tell me why you view $850,000 a year as a negative in a potential partner. Just curious. She doesn't need a provider. Okay, so she's independent. She's an independent woman. Don't need no man. But why is that a negative? Tell me, help me understand why that's such a negative for so many people. Power imbalance in the relationship. I make less. Oh, somebody says, I like the 850K, not negative to me. She can afford, <laughs> she can afford a more expensive divorce lawyer than I can. <laughs> she won't respect you. She won't be a good mother. Would not be stay at home with kids. Would not stay at home with kids. Uh, hypergamy, somebody says, it's not unattractive, but it's not a deal breaker, i.e. she could be a waitress and it wouldn't really matter either. A prenuptial, women marry up for a reason. Yeah, so in a relationship, it's not. In a marriage where the woman makes more than the man, the chances of divorce are up 50%. 50% higher rates of divorce where the woman makes more than the man. Okay. So I'll tell you sort of my thoughts about the $850,000 is if you don't want to have kids, the $850,000 means that she's really wedded to her job. I mean, you know, maybe there's a diversity thing, maybe there's a sort of women in tech, girl power boss promotion beyond reason or, or what a man would get. So maybe there's some of that stuff, but you know, obviously she provides a lot of value, but a company expects a lot out of you for $850,000 a year. They provide a lot. They expect a lot out of you. So as a man, you probably, I would look at that and say, well, she's really going to be keen on her career. And obviously she's very successful in her career. So she's going to be very focused on her career. Good for her, but there's not going to be much left over for me. Right? So that's, important right that's important so eight hundred fifty thousand dollars a year so 34 eight hundred fifty thousand dollars a year so there's an old i think it was gloria steinem who says we've become the men we wanted to marry which just just really really tragic as a whole right because you can't just snap your fingers and turn into a male career guy right well, with the 850B in California, it ends up being like 400K maybe after taxes. Well, yeah, I mean, I assume she's Google, right? So I assume that would be in Silicon Valley. So, All right. Um, so $850,000. If you don't want kids, that's okay. Uh, can somebody do me a favor and look up, if I could outsource this just so I don't clack away here. Could you look up what percentage of workers in America make $850,000 a year or more. I know that there are these sites that can give you that, right? So what percentage? I assume it's like probably one in 10,000 people or one in 5,000 people if you're lucky, right? So what percentage of workers, if you could let me know, make this amount of money? That's important, right? So I view it as if you want to have kids, this money is a mirage. In fact, it's a negative. The money is a mirage because if you want to have kids, and you want your wife to stay home with the kids, this money is not going to last. Like, she'll go on maternity leave, maybe she'll get a year of maternity leave, and then she's going to want to go back, right? Then she's going to go back to work. So the uh, if she wants to stay home and raise the kids, like actually parent the kids through to at least puberty, right? If she wants to raise the kids, then the 850K is a mirage. 
I mean, the $3 million in assets is fine. Obviously, it's good. But the $850,000 is a mirage. So you, you marry her. She's going to work for another year. Uh, or, or you're trying to have kids. She's going to work through pregnancy. And then maybe she, if, if she's going to raise the kids, actually be a mom, then the $850K just kind of vanishes, right? Just kind of vanishes, right? So if it's not... If it's not kids that you want, then the money is a real thing. Okay, so let's say that you make a good salary. You make $200,000 a year, right? So maybe depending on where you are, 120, 130 after taxes, maybe 100 or whatever it is, right? Oh, is it 0.3%? So it's three out of 1,000. Make a million or more, 0.3% of people. So yeah, three out of 1,000, right? Three out of 1,000 make a million or more, right? And that's probably older. I'm looking for people in their 30s, if you can figure it out. People in their 30s. Yeah, so make over 850000 a year in taxable income, but in their 30s, right? Because she probably doesn't want a guy who's in her, her, his 50s, right? So the money's going to vanish. If she's going to raise your kids, the money's going to vanish. If she's not going to raise your kids and you make good salary, you make good coin, like two hundred k a year, she's making you know, more than four times what you're making. And so if she wants to travel and she's going to want to travel first class and she's going to want to stay in, you know, five-star resorts and, and hotels and, and rent super expensive fancy cars and she's going to splurge money. Now, splurging money, splurging money is not great if you're making 200K a year, right? One, between 100 and 130 thousand a year after taxes, right? You, you can't keep up with her. She's going to want to travel. So she's going to either downgrade her travel to travel with you, or you're going to have to go broke keeping up with her spending. A study conducted in 2018 estimated that there were around 145,000 people in the U.S. who earned over 850,000 in 2017 and were age 30 and 39. Okay. Okay, so 145,000, what percentage of the U.S. population is that, right? Pretty, pretty small, right? I mean, it's infinitesimally small. That's tiny, right? And, of course, so for those, you'd need to be people who were, you'd, you'd cut that at least in half, probably more. No, you, you'd be, sorry, it would be 60 to 70% of those people would be male. And then you'd have to find somebody who was single, who was interested in you, who you were interested in, who was some geographical place that you could get to. So, you know, you're really shaving it down to probably five to 10,000 people in the entire country, right? So probably she's looking for one out of five to 10,000 people in the entire country. And those five to 10,000 people, if you're a guy and you make over $850,000 and you're single and you're attractive, you have, you're in rock star territory, man. You have the world at your feet. You have women throwing themselves at you. You can do just about anything that you want. I mean, when I was in my early 30s making good coin, I was dating women 10 years younger. Um, I, I wouldn't say I had my pick of everyone, but no, it was, I mean, it was rock star territory, right? You can do whatever you want, right? Oh, 78% were male? Yeah, okay, 113,000 people, okay. So uh, equivalent to about 0.04% of the entire U.S. population, we can make that down to 0.03% because 78%. So yeah, that's uh, three, uh, three people out of 10,000. <laughs> yeah, good luck, right? Good luck. And of course, she could be a tech eight. We don't know what eight she is objectively. She's not an LA eight, right? She's not a New York eight. She's a tech eight, which is uh, um, that, 
Australian girl in um, Meta, whatever that that movie uh, or that series about the game development, Meta Quest or whatever it is, right? So that's a, that's a Tech Eight, right? So, so been single for the last three years. Love traveling. Okay, so love traveling, guys. What do you hear when a woman says, "I love to travel"? What do you hear when a woman says, "I love"? To travel. What do you think she's doing when she's traveling? What is she doing when she's traveling? Now, if she's been single for the last three years and she loves traveling, it means that she travels probably alone. And a woman who's very attractive, who's traveling alone, what is she doing? What is she doing? Now, I don't, we don't know anything about this woman, obviously, not, but I'm talking about guys. Let's be honest. You know, let's be honest. Let's be frank, right? That's how we save each other. Male in group preference. Migs, baby. Migs. Migpa, right? So what is she doing if she's traveling alone and she's young and pretty? Yeah. She's having a lot of sex in a lot of different countries, right? <laughs> she flies there, but in other ways, she travels by train. <laughs> well, <laughs> I remember being naive enough to, um, when I was at a party in my 20s, you know, I, I was broke in my 20s, and I've always been fascinated by money and how people make money and how people spend money and how, how, they, how they pay for things. You know, when you grow up poor, you grow up with this fascination about how you pay for things. And I remember... Um, <laughs> I'm being at a party in my, I don't know, I was in my mid-20s, and I was talking with this girl, this woman. She was very attractive, and she's like, oh, yeah, I just came back from a tour through Europe. I was there, I don't know, my eight months, ten months, something like that. It was a blast. I went to, you know, she listed all the countries, and I'm like, fuck, how do you, how do you pay for that? How do you pay for that? Because as a man, like, we have to pay for things. <laughs> nobody's buying pictures of my feet, despite, like, nobody's, like, we got to pay for things. And I just remember she gave me this look like, what do you mean, how did I pay for that? I'm a young, single, attractive woman. What do you mean, how did I pay for that? <laughs> right? So, yeah. Um, when women travel alone, they are hooking up with guys in general. In general? At least that's my assumption. Now. I have lived in three continents, so I have had a lot of fun experiences. <laughs> so, she's been to 20 countries. What I hear, what I hear, tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm being unfair and unjust, tell me what I, this is what I would look. Been to 20 plus countries, lived in three continents, she's had at least 20 boyfriends. Or at least 20 notches in her belt. She has 20, at least 20 sexual partners. At least 20 sexual partners. Tell me if I'm wrong. Or tell me if you would find it different than my interpretation. I'm, I'm happy to hear, right? It's just telling you, I'm telling you the way that I would look at it. Love traveling. A lot of fun experiences. 20 plus countries. I just hear 20 plus dudes. Right? I'm sorry, was that traveling by railway or getting railed? Yeah, I would say at least, at least 20 boyfriends, right? 
So mixed race, don't care, five foot six, also very active physically. My male friends say I'm definitely eight plus in terms of looks. Male friends, male friends. Okay, so if she's so appealing and so attractive, okay, hit me with a Y, if you believe she has male friends who don't want to have sex with her. Just hit me with a Y. If you think she has male friends who don't want to sleep with her or date her or whatever. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, they're, they're, a young, single, attractive woman does not have male friends. When did this become a thing that people believe even remotely? <laughs> oh, unless they're gay. No, of course not, somebody says. Well, of course, but if, if they're gay, they can't rate her objectively in terms of looks. So if she's got a bunch of male friends and she says, oh, how, how attractive do you think I am, right? Never met a woman yet who didn't know exactly how attractive she was and a lot of dames give themselves way more credit than what they've got. That's a line from Stanley Kowalski from Streetcar Named Desire, right? Um, now, mixed race, mixed race can be an issue for some people, of course, because mixed race kids can have identity issues. They have higher prevalence of depression, anxiety, and mental health issues. Not a certainty, but, you know, there can be, for whatever reason, this can be an issue. But I know it's not an issue for a lot of people. I'm just saying statistically it might be an issue for some people. So a man cannot be friends with a young, attractive, single woman without thinking about her in sexual terms. It's just the way that it is. A man can't look at a train going into a tunnel without getting a semi. So, she's single, right? Now, my guess also is that what she's doing is she's saying, well, uh, this is what I would find some, I would find it really attractive in a man if he made a lot of money. So I'm going to make a lot of money. Which is kind of the equivalent of saying to a woman, it's really satisfying for me when a man has a diamond hard boner, so I'm going to have a diamond hard boner. It's like, no, 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 it's, you know, in the cis world, it's a little different. You've got to have an innie and you've got to have an Audi. So she's like, oh, if, if there was a guy who was attractive, loved to travel, lived in three continents, Made a, made a fortune and, and spoke five languages. I mean, I'd really be attracted to that, so that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, but, but a guy doesn't want to date a guy. <laughs> Assuming he's straight. If a guy is straight, he doesn't want to date another guy. Be, be feminine. But a man, I mean, he, he might have sex with you if he views you as kind of manly, mannish, man masculine, right? Because he's going to use you for sex, right? Because a lot of men will do that. But he's not going to wife you. He's not even going to girlfriend you. Because he doesn't want a moob. A man with boobs. He doesn't want a moob. Does not want a moob. Gonna put the, not going to put the moobs on a moob. True, I do have female friends, but sex is always in the back of my mind. Yes. Yeah, so if this was a guy, 34 years old, you know, uh, average height, active physically, eight plus in terms of looks, three million in assets, 850,000. That'd be very attractive for a woman in a man. Because the man would then be able to take care of her while she stayed home and raised the kids. That's good. 
So she's made the fundamental mistake that women make. And look, men make this too, right? Men are like, well, I'd really want someone who's kind of soft and sensitive. So I'm going to cry in the arms of my woman. And she's going to be like, yeah, maybe we can just be friends. Uh, you know, maybe I can come and talk to you when the real man breaks my heart. But right? So if a man wants a woman who's kind of, you know, soft and emotionally out there and, and uh, all of that, a great listener, then he's going to be like, okay, well, that's what I want in a woman. So that must be what a woman wants in a man. <clears throat> nope. Raised by a single mom, you lose the lottery and your genes end with you. Right? Don't, don't make that mistake, right? So she's like, well, I'd find this attractive in a guy, so that's what I'm bringing to the table. It's like, but he's not gay, so he doesn't want a guy. He doesn't want a guy. He wants a woman. And his genes are looking for a great mother for his children. She doesn't mention anything about family, wanting a family, wanting kids, any of that sort of stuff. In which case, I sort of hate to say it myself, but I don't care if you're single or not. If you're not going to have kids, you don't want to have kids, hey, I think it's kind of weird, but whatever, that's your thing, then what do I care whether you get, right? I care about the next generation. I care about continuation of, of a good society. I compare, <laughs> I compare about all of that kind of stuff. But if you're not going to have kids, what do I care? Like when I get call-in show requests, I look for other children involved. Is it a marital situation? Are, kids, are people relatively young? And if, you know, somebody emails me, I'll be perfectly frank, right? Doesn't, doesn't mean I'll never do it. But if somebody emails me and says, you know, well, my wife and I are 55 and we don't have uh, kids and uh, we're having some marital issues and it's like, look, I'm sorry about all of that, but I'm going to prioritize the people who are parents. Or, you know, we're, we want to have kids, but we're having this conflict. It's like, boom, right? Because that's, you know, going to create new life, new generations, all that kind of good stuff. And of course, I want to help the fecundity and fertility of my listeners because you guys are the smartest listeners in the world, I think. And so I want to help that. So what do I care? What am I doing wrong? Well, if you don't want kids and there's nothing here that says she does want kids, then doesn't none of it really matters, right? Women want a man made out of stone. No crying all the time like the Star Wars crying guy. No, they don't want a man made out of stone. They don't want a man made out of stone. They want a man who is emotionally available, but not emotionally intrusive. <laughs> right? In the same way that you want a restaurant that delivers, but not one that comes and cooks in your house at five in the morning, right? So, okay, so we go on here, right? She says, I've tried dating on pretty much most of the apps and the quality of men out there has been dismal. Right. Right. Okay, so what does this tell me? Again, you, you can get so much out of this kind of stuff. I hope you find this interesting unpacking, but I'm obsessed with it, so this is the show. I mean, I'll have other questions as we go on, but that's sort of the basic issue, right? So... I've died, tried dating on pretty much most of the apps, and the quality of men out there has been dismal. Why do you need to go to an app? Why do you need to go to an app? You've got all these male friends. You've got all these male friends, which means they're probably single. Why? Because if you're an attractive, ambitious, successful woman, and your male friends are married, their wives won't want you being friends with them, right? So why aren't, you, why aren't you dating your male friends, number one? Number two, like they're good enough to be friends, but not good enough to date. What does that mean? It means she has a standard for dating that's totally different from honest male friends. She has no connection between friendship and dating. So what the hell is she looking for? You, you, if you can date your best friend, you're set for life, man. You're, 
happy for life, right? You are wonderful and set up for life. So you're not dating your male friends. That's weird. You got male friends. And, and you have male friends who say you're an eight plus in terms of looks. So you're in the top 15%. There's eight plus, right? You're in the top 10 to 15% in terms of looks. Good for you. So your male friends think you're very attractive, but you won't date your male friends. Why not? Why not? Why aren't you dating your male friends? Okay. For whatever reason, her male friends are undateable. Okay. But your male friends have friends. Your male friends have friends. So why aren't you getting set up by your male friends with their male friends? Let's say you have male friends who are married. Husbands. They've got wives. The wives have sisters and cousins and whatever, right? I mean, soon nieces, <laughs> nephews, right? Nephews. So why is no one setting you up? Why is no one setting you up? Why are you going to apps when you have all these male friends who think you're very attractive? Why don't you date one of them? No answer. Why aren't people setting you up? So then she goes on to say, I've tried dating on pretty much most of the apps. The quality of men out there has been dismal. Right. So she's vain. Now, I've got no issues with vain. I'm vain about some things about my own life and my own skills. I'm humble about some things and a lot of the things that I'm good at, I've arrived at because I'm humble. But at my age, 56 years old, if I don't know what I'm good at, I've missed the boat on self-knowledge, right? So the quality of men out there has been dismal. Now, she should know that, right? She should know that because we were looking at three in 10,000 people make her kind of money who are male. And if you then say you want somebody who's at least as attractive as you are in the top, you know, 10 to 15% of attractiveness, then we're talking three people in 100,000. So you're looking for a needle in a haystack. You're looking for three people in 100,000, if you're lucky. And that doesn't even count where they're located. If you want to find someone just in your neck of the woods, just in, we'll just take a third of the, you're looking for one guy in 100,000. Now, if you're looking for one guy in 100,000 and you're trying to find him on an app, you're retarded. Like, that's just stupid. That's really dumb. You can't find this unicorn on an app. You'd have to go and get a professional matchmaker. You'd have to go to very high value, high expense conferences. You'd have to do whatever. But the idea, like, she's supposed to be so smart and she's looking for one guy out of 100,000. One guy out of 100,000. And that's just in the, in the range that she's making. If she wants a guy who's making more, she's looking at one guy in a million. Right? Out of all the United States, there's like 30 guys who could date her and she'd have some kind of hypergamy. And of course, those 30 guys, if they want to have kids, they're not looking for a 34-year-old. They're not. Because they already have their own money. They don't need hers. Her money brings no value. In fact, it's a huge negative to them because they can't get her attention. She's always going to be run by work. She's going to have a, a work boss who's going to have much more say over her life than her husband. And if he wants her to raise the kids, then that money's an illusion anyway. So she's looking for one guy in 100,000, one guy in a million. Now that guy, one in a, one in a million guys... I mean, that's the very top tier. If you're looking for the top 30 guys, 
And of course, some of them will be in fields you're not going to get a hold of. Some of those guys are going to be movie stars. Some of those guys are going to be, you know, something where you as a tech person, you're not really going to find them. You're not going to meet them. You're not going to know them. So she's looking for a total unicorn. She's looking for a one in a hundred thousand guy. And she's like, well, I've, died. I've tried dating on the apps. The quality of men out there has been dismal. It's like, well, of course, <laughs> she's looking for a one in a hundred thousand guy. It's like if you're looking for a job and there's only 30 of these jobs in America, there's only 30 of these jobs in America, and you just send your resume to random companies and random people and you say, well, I'm just not able to find this job. It's like, my God. Those, and here's the thing too. Jobs that rare and that valuable are usually only accessible through networking. Those jobs don't advertise. They don't go on LinkedIn. They don't put things out there. Uh, and, and it's all filled by word of mouth. Those guys are not on dating apps, right? The guys who are attractive in their 30s, making a million dollars a year, they're not on dating apps because they're not stupid. At least the ones who aren't stupid aren't on dating apps. They are getting dates through word of mouth. They're getting dates through word of mouth. So anyway, the quality of men out there has been dismal. And if she, again, I don't know what to say about her mathematical reasoning, but of course they're dismal. If you're looking for one in a million guys and you're just going on some rando app, of course the quality is going to be dismal. I do, how would you even say that, right? So most of them get intimidated once they know I own a house, speak five languages, travel around the world, have a fancy car, manage a team of 20 plus at Google. Okay, so she's in the, in the wake, so she's in the woke epicenter of the known universe, right? She manages a team of 20 plus at Google. Now, I've managed a team of 20, I managed a, t a team of 30 people. I get paid $850,000 a year, but I guess I'm not an attractive woman in tech who fulfills diversity ratios or quotas, right? <sighs> you, think she, you think she works in HR in tech? She would have quickly done the math and realized the needle in the haystack if she was a software engineer. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing, right? It's a strange thing. Yeah, I don't know what she does in tech, but it's very surprising to me that she wouldn't understand this basic math, right? So most of them get intimidated once they know, a house, uh, own a house, blah, 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 between a team of 20 plus at Google. Right. Okay. So intimidated, that's an interesting word. Now, I think every man out there who's honest has been in the company of somebody who's out of his league. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's be honest. You've all taken a shot or been in the vicinity or been in the environment with a girl out of your league. And you take your shot. You take your shot because you're a dude, and that's what we dudes do is we take our shots, right? I used to hang around after Ashtanga yoga and chat for like 20 minutes with the yoga instructor. And she was nice about it and all that, but she wasn't dating me. She wasn't dating me. Now, she was, she was, she was doing a PhD. She was very attractive. But she also, I found out later, she does, she did, she did 18 classes a week. So that's a little obsessive. And uh, it turned out later that there was a guy in the locker room who was bragging about having sex with her. And I was like, oh, so you want the guys who brag in the locker room with strangers about banging you 
so of course you don't want me because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> she had a bad boy fetish, right? So, but she wasn't going to date me, right? So, is it intimidated or it's just like, I can't bring enough to the table. So, it's not necessarily intimidated. It's, I don't, I, I don't know. Help me with the word. I'm not usually pretty good with words, but I cannot get this word. I cannot get this word. What is it? What is it? It's something, right? I know that that's very, very helpful, right? What's the word? It's not exactly intimidated. It's not exactly intimidated. I mean, I, I was sort of trying to think like when I was, you know, a broadcast graduate student getting my master's or whatever. And let's say I, I met some woman who, you know, ran a $10 million company or something like that. It'd be like, well, we're just in different phases in life. We're just not going to have that much in common. It wasn't like, it's not exactly that I'm intimidated. It's that we're just not in the same place in life. I don't really know what we do together because I'd always be concerned about costs. Like, it's just, there's just an incompatibility. Is that right? What, what are you guys saying here? Unnetral. Flustered? No, it wasn't flustered. Overqualified shock, off-putting, mismatch. I think mismatch is closer. Right, so who's who's she dating? A, a lot of look. She is one in a hundred thousand people. She's one in, you know. So I'm I'm just you know I'm thinking like George Clooney asking out a stewardess, and she's like, "What am I gonna do with you know? You're worth half a billion dollars, and and you're a movie star. Like, what really are we gonna have in common? What kind of future do we really have together? Right? Incompatibility." Oh, but that could mean emotional as well. So I don't, and this is why I'm kind of obsessed about this, is I can't quite get the word. It's not intimidated. Oh, like you're so intimidating. But she's, look, she's a very impressive woman. I'm uh, Absolutely, she makes a lot of money. And yeah, I'm sure there's some diversity nonsense and all of that. But she's got to be reasonably competent, right? So, no, it's not disinterested. It's not even quite outclassed. It's not even quite outclassed. It is, I don't, maybe there's no, I'm sure there's some, German word that sounds like the combination between an Aztec god's name and a Welsh village name. There's some word, probably in German, I don't know what the word is. Maybe there isn't a word where, where you know, the, the woman's super wealthy and accomplished and the man is, you know, reasonably wealthy and, and they could have similar IQs, right? Whatever, right? But it's just, it's just incompa maybe incompatible is the best word. So intimidated, it's just, you know, I mean, again, if I was, or even when I was making decent coin as a software entrepreneur, if some woman who was like some super tech entrepreneur with $20 million wanted to date me, but like, ah, you know, I mean, I, I just, I think incompatibility. Incompatibility is probably just, you know, I'd say most of them get intimidated once they know I own a house, speak five languages, travel around the world, have a fancy car, manage a team of 20 plus at Google. I think that they feel that they're not compatible with someone like that. So, and, you know, a, a woman who's a manager, that there is this sort of girl boss thing. So, I mean, I'll tell you a story about a friend of mine from way back in the day. Way back in the day. This was in our sort of mid-20s, right? So, he graduated from school and he went into the advertising world. And he was part of a team that was managed by a woman who was in her mid-30s. And 
they liked the work, but they didn't like the intensity. They didn't like the pace. Because this woman would be like, they're early, she'd work through lunch, so they'd found it kind of feel like they had to work through lunch. And then she would work late, and she would say, let's all go out for dinner. And a lot of people, this is true for women and men, a lot of people who are single, who are bosses, will use employees as substitute relationships. Now, this may not be as common anymore. Maybe it's a little more frowned on now, but it certainly was the case when I was younger. And I remember my friend saying, you know, like, it kind of felt like it turned into this, like, 24-7 cult. Like, you just had to be there all the time, and she just never wanted to go home. And, of course, what's, what's at home? She's got nothing at home. She might as well hang out with younger, attractive. My friend was very good looking, by the way. But younger, attractive people, like, you know, why not, right? And then he said, oh, and then, oh, my God, she got a boyfriend. <sighs> she got a boyfriend. And she didn't work through lunch anymore. She'd try and sneak out to meet him up, meet up with him for, for lunch. And then, you know, come 5 o'clock, boom, she's out of there, man, because she wants to go meet her boyfriend, go and dress up and going out someplace cool. And, and she wanted to take her vacation. She never wanted to take vacations before because it's kind of depressing if you're single in your 30s and you just got to go someplace on your own or sit home alone. It's pretty sad. So you might as well work. So, But no, no, no. She wanted to take her vacation because then she'd be going to Dominican Republic with her boyfriend for a week. Loved it. He said, that was like my best time working. I loved I loved it when she had a boyfriend. And, you know, the, the workers would all get together and they'd sit there and say, God, man, we got to keep this relationship going. Like, he's got to marry her. You know, if we can get her to have kids, you know, this pace at work isn't going to be insane and we're going to have our own private lives and all that, right? Because, you know, when you're young and your boss says work late and you're ambitious, it's kind of tough to say no on a consistent basis, right? And so when she started complaining about having problems with the boyfriend, everyone kind of freaked out and they hung around and they, oh, let's help. And right. And they, there was like, she had this whole orbiting cluster, like, like the moons of Jupiter of people giving her relationship advice. And, and then eventually the relationship ended. And then she started working through lunch and working late and, you know, cause she was also heartbroken and, oh, it was just a mess. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. So uh, let me just catch up here. How often in history have women outcompeted average men? Oh, it happens a lot. It, in, in particular fields, it happens a lot. Uh, in modeling, women outcompete and earn men. In pornography, women outcompete and outearn men. Uh, when it comes to novel writing, women generally outcompete and outearn men. In particular, I, I mean, you think of um, J.K. Rowling and you think of uh, whatever that woman was who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey uh, with the blood of the next generation's uh, fertility. So, yeah, a lot of places where women uh, do better, right? So the mad hot attraction is usually polarity attraction based on opposing traits. Compatibility is more subtle, more wholesome. In your gut, you know the difference. Uh, she says, I bet this tech lady doesn't date short guys, so that decreases the pool of guys she's looking for even less. Right, and also she's looking for a guy who's physically active, who's physically healthy, maybe even with abs, and there's not a lot of tech guys who have abs, because I think Elon Musk kind of porked out a little and got the feedback and is kind of exercising better and so on. But yeah, it's so she's, she's looking for a real unicorn and there's nothing wrong with having high standards, but the idea that you're going to find that unicorn on a dating app, I mean, good Lord. Uh, so a mismatch, people were saying repulsed, icky. No, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Just about every woman I've dated has been out of my league. Yeah, you reach for the stars, baby. You reach for the stars. Mismatch. Yeah, we don't quite inhabit the same world. Trophy dating. I'm not intimidated by the thought of her. I feel exhausted looking at her list. I find myself incompatible with toxic women. 
right? I would feel anxious if I was dating her because I'm not sure I could offer her to stick around, what you could offer, unequally yoked. Right, you want, I mean, if you're a man, obviously, and it's true for both sexes, right? If you want a stable relationship, you have to be certain that your partner can't do better than you. I absolutely guarantee you my wife cannot do better than me. I absolutely guarantee you I could not do better than my wife. I could, weird science like, try and concoct a perfect woman for me in a lab. I couldn't do better uh, than my wife. We're just, we fit perfectly together in just about every manner. And so, yeah. Uh, so if you're dating this woman and you feel like she could do better or she feels like she might be able to do better or you get that sense, it's going to be real hard to, um, it's going to be really hard to, to commit and stay committed, right? So here's the thing too, own a house. I, I remember, gosh, this was Tom Likas, Tom Likas, I used to listen to some of his shows way back in the day. And this woman called in, she was in her 50s, and she's like, oh, I really want to date, I really want to date. And, and she's like, I don't know why guys won't date me, I'm looking for a younger guy, like I own my own house. And he's like, why on earth would a guy care that you own your own house? Why on earth would a man care? that you own your own house. Like, that's something that a woman would like, but I don't know why a man would be interested in that. Why on earth would a... Would a guy care? Well, why does a guy care if you own your own house? It means that you'll be moving into her space rather than you guys moving into something to speak five languages. Okay. So you have five different ways of saying no to the average guy, right? Travel around the world. Why is that interesting to a guy? That's a negative for a guy because it means you slept with a lot of the guys for the most part. Have a fancy car. Again, a fancy car is a male display thing. It's a male display thing. Sometimes in a really coarse and trashy manner, a.k.a. Andrew Tate, but it's a, it's a male thing, right? I used to love picking up dates in my Volvo <laughs> and manage a team of 20 plus at Google, right? So she's mannish. She is going to be very competitive. She's very go get a heady. She's high T in a certain way, a certain analogous way. And she's a lefty. She's a lefty. You, you can't manage a team of 20 plus at Google without being super lefty, right? So I also love photography and being out in nature. Despite being super busy at work, I take out time for nurturing my relationships and prioritizing quality time with my partner. Oh, yeah, quality time. Oh, there's very little that I dislike more than the phrase quality time. And as you guys know, I dislike quite a bit of this life. Quality time. Oh, no, it's, it's quality time. It's like, no, 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 there's no such thing as quality time. It's because it's always with kids. So I don't spend much time with like, my kids, but the time I do spend, it's quality time. <laughs> yeah, because nothing says enjoying your meal like consuming it in about 90 seconds. Because, you know, that's efficient. It's quality time with my food. I have throw up in my cheeks, right? So I'm super busy at work. Yeah, yeah, super busy at work. And I, I remember dating a woman when I was in the theater world. I was dating a woman, and she was, I, I don't want to, I never want to do any details, right? It's not anybody's fault that I dated them, right? But I dated this woman, and we were in the theater world, and she was just busy all the time. She had to go away for the, the weekend to, to scout out uh, particular stuff for what she needed to do and all of that, and, and just, just busy all the time, busy all the time. All right. So if you're not a priority for your partner, if work is a higher priority than your partner, then enjoy your job. Because a man who is not going to be a high priority for his partner 
will not commit to that partner. And a woman who's not a high priority for her man should not commit to that man. Because it's completely fucking mental to put work above love. It's, it's so ridiculously, pathologically an inversal of what actually matters in life. Now, I get it. You've got to make some coin. You've got to pay the bills. I get all that. So you've got to work. But the idea that you would put some, I don't know, you're, you're working at Google, so you're just, your job is chief truth suppressor or something like that. The idea that you would prioritize Google or any tech company or anything like that over the love of your life, the father of your children, the, ah, I have I prioritize quality time with my partner. Don't worry, honey, I'll pencil you in to my to-do list. <laughs> I'm prioritizing quality time with you. Hey, any chance you could prioritize some quality time with me this weekend? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. All right, let me just um so does her status hurt her sexual market value like her age? Well, if the man wants to have children and have his wife raise those children, then her professional status is a deal breaker. Her professional status is a deal breaker. It would be for me. It would be like, hey man, good for you. I mean, you're making a lot of money. I hope that comforts you into your old age when you're alone. And, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look how Google is suppressing stuff. Like the, the Project Veritas Pfizer video, right? Boom. Can't find any, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of pretty repulsive stuff going on out there at, uh, at Google, right? I mean, I've, I've really started to get deplatformed after I did a speech at the European Parliamentary Buildings, the European Union Buildings, about the incredible depth and breadth of tech censorship. So, I take out time for nurturing my relationships. So, if you're super busy at work, this is just a basic math thing. Can you give me more pie without having less pie for yourself? Well, no. <laughs> if you give me more pie, you have less pie for yourself. This is just a basic reality thing. It's only so many hours in the day. So, if you're super busy at work, what does that mean? 12 hours, 12 hour days. 12 hours a day, right? That to me is super busy at work is 50% more, right? It's 12 hours a day. That's when I was an entrepreneur. I was 12 to 14 hours a day. And there've been times in this show where I've been doing that as well, but super busy at work. Okay, so it's 12 hours a day. So 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., whatever, right? So if you are super busy at work, you can't take out time for nurturing your relationship. You can't prioritize quality time with your partner if you're super busy at work, because if your woman is working 12 hours a day, that's 12 hours a day, she's not available for you. That's just math. You can't make more time in the day. She could give up on sleep, but that's not going to be good in the long run. That's just going to make her ill and cranky, right? <sighs> what if the man doesn't care about having children? Okay. Okay, so let's say the man doesn't care about having children, right? 
So then who cares about what happens with this woman in a sense, right? So let's say that the man is, is makes as much as she does. They're both attracted to each other and they're both working 12 hours a day and they both love their jobs and they both are workaholics, right? Okay. So it's not really much of a relationship. They just probably crash out at Netflix from time to time or maybe they go rock climbing. I don't know. They stay together. They get married. They do. They don't. They're not, what does it really matter? See, you build roads for cars, and bikes can use the edge, right? You build ropes, ropes. You build roads for cars, but bikes can use the edge. Marriage is for children. Marriage is there to ensure pair bonding and the healthiest environment in which to raise children. Now, people who won't have kids or can't have kids or who don't have kids, yes, you absolutely can get married and good for you, and I think that's fine in the same way that bikes can use the edge of the roads that are built for cars. You're a hanger-on to an institution that's there for the kids, right? So what I'm talking about is she wants a, a pair bonding. She wants a guy who's, you know, either smart and good and nice and virtuous and this and that and the other. And a guy who's obviously mentally healthy and these kinds of good things. And in, in my view, in my view, I'm not saying this is some objective fact. I'm just telling you that in my view. When I was dating... If a woman said, I absolutely do not want to have children, that was a deal breaker for me. Now, that was a deal breaker for me when I was still a long way from wanting to actually have kids in my life, like when I was a student and I wasn't going to really be a dad while I was a student and stuff like that, right? It was just a deal breaker for me. My view, just my view, people who vehemently do not want children are weird. There's something wrong there. There's something wrong there. Now, I'm not saying people who can't have children. I'm saying people who vehemently do not want to have children. I've known a couple of them in my life. They're all weird. They're all very disturbed. And it, there's a lot of unresolved childhood trauma. And there's, oh, there's a lot of propaganda. And they hide behind this environmental concern and don't want to have kids and blah, blah, blah. But in my experience and in my view, I'm not saying it's an objective fact. Just telling my own personal opinion. People who don't want to have kids, you're kind of weird. Why wouldn't you? There's so much fun and, and there's such a joy in giving the greatest gift of life. And if you enjoy being alive, it's kind of selfish to just consume it without recreating it in others. It's like if you inherit a million dollars and just blow it on nothing, you just wasted all that money and all that hard work, all the hard work of your ancestors. You're only alive because people chose to have children. You have a great chance to pay that gift forward and have children. I want to have kids. It's unbelievably selfish, in my view. And it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, the environment excuse. Yeah, that's nonsense. If people really cared about the environment, they'd be mad at fat people. Fat people consuming way more than they need to. People who really cared about the environment, the first thing they do is get rid of the national debt. Oh, thank you for the tip, by the way. Don't forget, if you're at freedomain.locals.com, you can drop a tip. And I, I think this is a really important conversation. It's a really important conversation. So they're scared of repeating the mistakes they saw their parents make. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not scared of repeating the mistakes they saw their parents make. Because if you're scared of repeating the mistakes you see all your parents make, then you do different things. <laughs> you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, in this case, literally. 
right? So let's say that your parents were kind of lazy. So then if you see, oh, my parents were kind of lazy and they didn't have enough any money and they just wasted their time and they drank too much and they hung out with useless dirtbag friends or whatever, and you say, okay, well, I'm going to work hard in life because I saw my parents be lazy and that's a bad thing. So I'm going to work hard in my life, right? That's, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. But you don't sit there and say, well, my parents were kind of lazy, so I'm just not going to have a job at all, right? You fix mistakes. You don't just avoid the entire arena, right? So no. Scared of repeating the mistakes. Just don't do that, right? My mom was anti-rational and mystical, so I went super rational and anti-mystical. It's not that complicated. Just do the opposite, and you're fine. So no, it's not that. It's not that. Uh, it is. Somebody says, um, all the bosses I had with no children were weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. It's um, it's cold. It's alien. It's chilly it's i don't know it's it's an odd sort of feel that i get but it's very nihilistic and very fragile and very self-doubting and yeah and, and that's fine except that that's not what people talk about they they create when people create a virtue out of something so fundamentally selfish as antinatalism when people create a virtue out of that <sighs> oof it's the creating the virtue out of it that's so bizarre my principal didn't want nor have kids. She was a woman. Always found it weird. Well, it's men too. It's men too. Look, the, the people I know who are childless, 100% of them are very strange people. And they get progressively more strange as life goes on. So, so lessons. 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 So, when you are wanting to date, right? This is to all my single brothers and sisters out there, right? And when you want to date, you can't think mostly about what you want. You can't think mostly about what you want. You have to think about what you have to offer. What do you have to offer? that is beneficial to other people, right? So let's look at what this woman is selling. What are you selling? This is a resume. Why am I not getting hired? So what does she say she has to offer? Okay, 34, red flag. Second thing she says, I make a fortune, $850,000 a year. U.S., it's a fortune, absolute, unbelievable fortune, right? Okay, I mean, not Stephen Crowder fortune, but, you know, pretty good. So what does she bring to the table? A lot of money, lot of money so if you say and this is particularly true from women to men if you say what i bring to the table is money the man experiences that as i want to buy a boyfriend i'm not kidding you and again if you guys disagree with me i'm certainly happy to hear that i'm certainly happy to, but if she says hey the, what i bring to the table is a lot of money then she's bringing all this extra money. She wants to buy a boyfriend. Most men don't want to be bought. So she loves traveling. Okay, that's for her. And that has nothing to do with her boyfriend. She'd been to 20 countries. That's great for her. It's nothing to do with the boyfriend. She lived in three continents. That's great for her. Maybe nothing for her boyfriend. 
lot of fun experiences. Those are great for her. What does that matter to her boyfriend? Very active physically, so she's trying to say she's got a nice figure and she's good looking. Okay, so she brings looks and money to the table. What is she, Richard Gere and pretty woman? She brings looks and money to the table. So I'm pretty and I'm rich. What does that do for the man who doesn't want to be bought and knows that looks fade? Well, and yeah, her money is hers only, right? Of course. Now, do women, it's a great question. Do women also view it as wanting to buy a partner if the guy brings a lot of money? No, no. The women don't view the man as buying them. The women view it as men having enough money for the children. Now, of course, the woman likes having nice stuff, nice house and all of that. But here's, look, understand this from the point of view of women. Guys, I'm begging you. I'm desperate for you to understand this. If you're, so, and I understand the confusion, right? Because, oh, she comes with a lot of money. The man feels bought. Well, then if a man comes with a lot of money, doesn't a woman feel bought? No, no. Here's what the money does for the woman. I'm telling you straight up. You come with a lot of money, the woman can comfortably stay home and know she's going to be provided for. She can really focus on the kids. She's going to have money for the kids if they need health care. Well, they will, of course, but, you know, something unusual. They're going to have money. Let's say all the kids need braces. Let's say that you want to turn the kids into gay communists and send them to university or you want a private school. You've got money for that. Also, super, super important. A woman who stays home, who's got any kind of class, wants to be in somewhat of a wealthier neighborhood. Why? Because she's going to have other women around there who have high quality, high quality husbands. They're going to be smart. They're going to be sophisticated. They're going to be well-read. They're going to be upper class. Because she, she's going to spend a lot of time around the neighbors, which you're not. As the guy, you're out there working, pounding skulls, getting money, eat what you kill. She's home with the kids. She's in the neighborhood. She's embedded in the neighborhood. She's going to lunches. She's doing charity work. She's getting involved in local church. Look at me. She wants to be in a nice neighborhood because that is going to get her, in general, on average, higher quality people to spend her time with. So, no, she's not, she's not being bought in the same way. Because, look, as a guy, I guarantee you, you, you never, when, I, when she, you imagine dating this world, oh, 850,000, you don't sit there and say, well, that means that I can have more quality friends in the neighborhood. No, that doesn't cross your mind doesn't cross your mind. I'm telling you the way it works for women. I'm telling you the way it works for women. So, she's rich. She's traveled a lot. And she's pretty. How does that make her a good wife? How does that make her a good mother? How does that make her a good partner? These are all things which she has enjoyed. And she thinks because she's enjoyed them, that makes her attractive for someone else. That's not the way life works. That's not the way relationships work. Telling things, telling people things that you like that make you happy doesn't tell them how you will make them happy. Has she said anything about charity? Has she said anything about kindness? Has she said anything about sacrifice? Has she said anything about, I love spending time with my nephews and nieces. I can't wait to become a mom. I'll stay home and raise my kids. Right? Has she said anything about supporting anyone else or doing anything kind and charitable and virtuous and noble and self-sacrificial or whatever you want to call it? Has she said, I, 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 oh my God, poke these eyes out, right? What am I doing wrong? I had a lot of fun experience. I am this. I am attractive. I've tried the dating. I own a house. I speak for, I travel around. I have a fancy car. I love photography. I take time. Oh, me, I, e, me, me. Uh. 
narcissism much? Here are all the things that I like. I have no idea what anybody else likes. She's asked her male friends, right? So she says, why am I single, right? She's asked her male friends. Has she asked her male friends, what about me is unappealing? What about me is unappealing? Why am I single? Well, you're super pretty. Oh, well, it's really pretty. Is she self-critical? Can you imagine having her as a manager? Oh, my God. The only reason you're disagreeing with me as your manager is because you're intimidated by my brilliance and hotness. Right? My God. How exhausting is that? You go to your male friends and you say, okay, look, as a man, what is unappealing about me? What is unattractive about me that I can fix? And, and honest friends will tell you that and will help you if they're real friends. I, 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 oh my God. And so as a man, I'll tell you why it's such a turnoff. Listen, it's not as much of a turnoff for a man to be I, me, me, I, because he's got to be out there busting souls and getting, getting cheddar, right? But for a woman, I, me, me, I... Okay, here's a spoiler, ladies. I say this because I've been a stay-at-home dad for well over 14 years now. Here's this thing about ladies. If you try to make parenting about you, you're a shitty parent. If it's I, me, me, I, you're going to be a bad parent. Well, you're going to be a bad partner. You're going to be a bad marriage partner. You know, at 3 o'clock every afternoon, whatever I'm doing, get up, make a coffee for my wife, bring it to her wherever she is. <laughs> Just, you know, little things like that. You've got to make it about the other person. Every, every week or two, I say to my family, how am I doing? Could I be doing better? Any worse? Any different? What was annoying? Anything bothering you? Anything I might make it about other people? Make other people happy. <laughs> make other people happy. Can you imagine? She goes to one. She did this at the job. And you go, job. And I want $850,000. I want to be able to work from home. And I want a company car. And I want six weeks of vacation. And I want benefits. And I want, and I want, and I want. Can I see a resume? What you'd provide? No, I'm talking about what I want. I'm going to tell you what you get out of the, what I want. This is what makes me happy. I want a big office. I want a latte maker and a masseuse in my office 24-7. This is what I want. <sighs> yeah, good luck with that. Maybe she is like that. I don't know, right? Oh, my God. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> well, you see that little word right in the middle of those five words? What am I doing wrong and I absolutely guarantee you that she's not going to take any advice listen if you're out there you're probably never going to hear this if you're out there you want to call in totally happy to help totally happy to help but you got to get a watch out for this stuff man here's another thing here's another thing right she doesn't say anything about her family now family of origin right now she is saying it right so her family of origin, this is who you're marrying into, right? This is, this is the big thing. You're only going to get this stuff from me, I guarantee you, right? But this is the big thing. This is what you really got to look for when you look at these kinds of things in the world. I want you guys to stay safe, be happy, and be loved, and be in love. Okay. She's 34. She's been 16 years an adult. And she has no idea what men want. And she has no idea how... Self-absorbed, self-possessed, solipsistic, if not downright narcissistic. She appears, appears. I don't know, I don't know what she is. That's why it appears to me. So she's got a mother and she has a father. 
Now, that mother and that father, do they have a good relationship? Nope, they do not have a good relationship. Because if she had grown up seeing parents genuinely caring for each other, genuinely loving each other, generally helping each other, then she would understand that the love you take is equal to the love you make. If you want people to make you happy, you have to make other people happy. If I want you guys to donate, still available for tips, do by mitzvahs. If you want people to donate, I do want people to donate. I have to provide value. I have to do things that are going to be helpful to you. Hopefully I enjoy them too, and I'm enjoying this, and I enjoy most of my shows, but... I had to do a call this morning with a guy, um, time zone differences. It was earlier than I wanted, and that was a two-hour and 40-minute call and a lot of wrestling and was not my preferred choice of, of times, and the topic was a challenge, but I do it, right? I'm not like Kanye West, like I get liposuction for you guys, but, you know, times when it's tougher and times when it's not so tough, but I have to provide value for you. I have to provide value for you. That's it's a thing, right? So her parents don't have a good relationship because otherwise she would never be writing like this and she wouldn't be single for so long, right? Her parents don't have a good relationship. Her parents also don't really care about her. Why? Because she's not talking to her parents, right? If you, if your parents have a successful marriage and you are not having successful relationships, first of all, your parents should intervene and should teach you that from the very beginning. Don't sleep around. Don't travel and bang guys if that's what she did. Uh, and, and don't be overly materialistic. Don't just think that everything about money is going to make your life fine and, and so on, right? Uh, be a person of quality. Be a person of charity. Be a person of kindness. Be a person of strength and empathy and virtue. And, and work to build other people up rather than intimidate them into worshiping you and then running away. So does she have a good relationship with the parents? Nope. No indication of that. The fact that she's asking strangers on the internet, which is this is a humble brag too, right? This is a humble brag which is, oh, I'm just, I'm too magnificent for everyone around me. And what am I supposed to do? I'm just, I'm so marvelous. I'm so perfect. I'm so, look how much money. I'm going so many assets, so much travel. I'm like, oh, right? So it's a humble brag for sure. But she's, if she's serious about this, and I'm sure at some level she is, she's not talking to her parents and saying, look, mom, dad, you have a good, you guys have a good relationship. A, how did you do it? Which she'd already know if she'd grown up with it. And B, how did her parents let her get to 34 and ask into strangers for advice on the internet about how to have it, how to get a date, how to get a date. So if she wants to have a relationship and she's been single for the past three years, right? So since 31, her parents should be stepping in to help her if they care about her. And if they don't care about her, that would explain why she ended up this kind of solipsistic. But if they cared about her, they would never have let it get to this part. I mean, my daughter wants to get married and she wants to have kids young. Think I'm going to wait till 34 and then hope that she's going to ask strangers on the internet for advice? My God, be monstrous. Monstrous. Monstrous, please. God, this is her entire family. They're probably all workaholics. They don't do anything other than show off their Rolexes to each other. And talk about how wonderful they are while their hearts die of loneliness inside. Ah. What if the man doesn't care about having children? Everybody cares about having children. Don't even try. Don't even try to tell me you have no emotions whatsoever about having children. That's just a lie. Sorry, Bob. That's, I'm not saying you're consciously lying. I'm just saying the way you're framing it is completely false. All right. Candace Bushnell is a horrible person. and she uh, Did she visit Epstein Island? I don't know. She is a horrible person, no question. And she herself regretted all her success led to no, no kids, right? 
Steph, I don't want children because, yes, my parents were highly abusive and have turned me off to the notion. I accept I'm weird. What, so you're going to let them win? I don't quite understand that. Your parents were highly abusive and have turned me off to the notion. I'm, why the fuck would you let them win? I don't understand that. You're not living with them anymore. You're out and free and you're your own person. I don't understand that at all. Because they've taught you how to be a great parent. Just do the opposite. Turned you off to the notion? Why surrender your entire bloodline and the care and comfort of the last third of your life? Look, man, you don't get married. You don't have kids. No one's going to give a shit about you for the last third of your life. Your friends are going to be dead or gone or traveled or busy with their own kids and grandkids. Like, you are going to be sailing into an archipelago of isolation. You are going to be solitary. You are going to get strange. It's going to be terrible for your health because loneliness is as bad as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. My God, man, have a care and a thought for the last third of your life. It's a long fucking time. Zero to 30, 30 to 60, 60 to 90. Ooh, that's a long time, man. You're going to retire at some point. You're going to sit there and do what? Sit your ass down in a mossy bank like Treebeard and rot from the inside out? My God, that's a long time to be old and lonely and uncared for and isolated and getting sicker and ricketier. You're going to be somebody who's like, oh, I've got to go see the doctor because I haven't talked to someone in two weeks. Somebody who's hanging around trying to at least have a 45-second conversation with the kid bagging your groceries or trying to figure out the right time of day to go to the bar so the bartender's not too busy you can pass at least some comments about the weather with you. My God. Oh, why? Why don't you care about the last third? It's a long time. The last third of your life is longer than your childhood. Even if you only make it to 80. Even if you only make it to 80. That's a long-ass time, man, right? That is a long-ass time. Close to 27 years. So think about your birth. No, you know what? Think about your first memory. Five, right? Five plus 27 is 32. Okay, so think of the ages from five to 32. That's a long-ass time, right? That's what I call an L-A-T. That's long-ass time, man. That is a long shadow of time from the ages of five to 32, from 5 to 30, from 5, I was a year away from going to boarding school. From 32, I was a year away from getting married. That's a long-ass time, man. I moved continents. I went to about, I lived in 20 different places. I went to eight different schools. I had hundreds of friends. I had, I don't even know how many girlfriends. That's a long-ass time, man. 27 years. Even, it could be 30, right? Let's make it easy. 60 to 90, it's a long-ass time. Ah. Think of 5 to 35. That's a long, think of 10 to 40. Think of the years of 10 to 40. That's what you've got from 60 to 90. God, man. And who's going to care about you? Who is going to care about you who didn't know you before? Well, I'm 80, but I'm just going to go out there and make some really good, close, lifelong friends. No, because all the people worth having friendships with already have their spouses. They have their extended family. They've got their kids. They've got their grandkids. They might have their great-grandkids. They're busy with the life they made and the life they lived. And think I'm talking to the men, talking to Bob here. Oh, I'm talking to the ladies even more because you're going to outlive the men. You're going to outlive the men. 
You're married, you care about your wife, give her some kids, man, for God's sakes. Why? Because she's going to outlive you by 10 years or so. You're gone, man. You're in the ground. Your troubles are over. She's got a face getting old. Totally alone. Maybe she'll be some odd wine grandmother aunt or something like that, but she's just not the same. There's no substitute for family. There's no substitute for family. And you talk about this with all the guys. How easy? Tell me about this, guys. You're out there in the world, right? How easy is it for you guys to make friends when you get old? Make new friends when you get old. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to have to stop here on Locals. I'll keep going over here on dlive.tv slash free domain because Locals only gives me 90 minutes. Uh, freedomain.com forward slash donate to help out the show. I'd appreciate it. Let me just put this in here. You're going to have to go over there. Uh, yes. Sorry, one sec. I type before it comes out. Uh, I got 20, I got 28 seconds. Uh, yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah, just go over there because I got to end this here, right? Uh, you can, of course, donate lemons over on uh, DLive as well. Okay, and end the stream here, but I'll, I'll keep going for another little bit. Uh, over on the other on the other platform. So, yeah, I I find this very strange to to not think about this last third of your life, man. It's it's a long time, and it's a depressing as hell if you don't have people in your life. Oh well, I've got my friends. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe they're around. Maybe they're dead. Maybe they've moved. Maybe they've got their own kids. Whatever, right? But really, really have a care for this last third. But Steph, there's always the possibility that any children I have could abandon me. Having children is no guarantee of a future relationship. Oh, so you're only going to have things in life if they're guaranteed. That's, that's your... That's your bullshit excuse. I say this with all affection, right? This is the crap you're trying to feed me, and I appreciate the effort. I really do. That's that's sweet and cute, right? Um, do, you, do you have food in the house past tomorrow, past your tomorrow's needs? Do you have food in the house? Do you have anything in the freezer? Do you have, you know, those dusty-ass crackers in the back of the cupboard that you pull out when you're really hungry and give a sniff and like 50-50? Do you have that yogurt in the back that uh, you open it and you... See if there's any fur around the edge. Do you have, uh, you know, any of that stuff? Do you have any food in your house? Do you have any money in the bank that you're not spent down 100%? Do you have, you have things? Do you, you ever work out uh, anything like that? Do you ever try to lose weight? You know why you do that shit? Because you believe in tomorrow. You're going to be around to eat the food. You're going to reap the rewards of losing weight. You're going to reap the rewards of exercise. So you do all that shit because there's tomorrow. Well, uh, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. It's like, well, yeah, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, but you live that way, don't you? Don't you? You live that way. I mean, if, if you knew for sure this was your last night on earth, you wouldn't be sitting here typing to me. I hope not. Well, it might be the wisest thing to do. I don't know, but you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be doing that. You'd be out doing something else. So you save your money, you exercise, you buy food beyond your immediate needs because you believe in tomorrow. Oh, uh, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah, but you don't live that way. So if you raise your children well, the idea that they would just run off and abandon you is incomprehensible. Because then you're saying, well, I eat well and I exercise, 
but I got hit by a meteor. It's like, yeah, it could happen, right? Can't plan on those odds. It's like saying that, that if your wife really loves you and you really love your wife and you're just so happy with each other and you just make each other so happy, but man, she's just going to leave you tomorrow. You think I think about my wife waking up and leaving me tomorrow? No. Think these things about me leaving her tomorrow? No. Could happen. I don't know, get some brain tumor or something. I don't know, but no, that's... Uh, you raise your kids right. You raise your kids well. That's the greatest guarantee of a lasting relationship that exists in this world. And if you want more than that, then you have an impossible standard, and that's just your parents being abusive again in your head. All right. Why does locals give only 90 minutes? I don't know. Uh, oh, no, I'm not punishing anyone the way I see it. I had a terrible childhood, and I wouldn't want to put anyone else through it. Why, why is the, why, I don't understand. Just because you had a terrible childhood, why would that mean that other people have to go through it? I don't understand that. What, what am I missing here? Why does that, what, 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 what kind of domino is that? I had a terrible childhood. Oh, because maybe your parents had themselves a terrible childhood, put you through a terrible childhood, but they didn't have self-knowledge, they didn't have this show, they didn't have whatever books and, and so on that give you, they didn't, have, they didn't do therapy, and they just made bad choices. They made bad choices, but why do your parents' bad choices equal your physics? That's what I don't understand. Oh, my parents made bad choices, so I can't put myself in any similar situations because I'm going to make a bad choice. I don't understand. You're just not mad enough at your parents to change. You get mad enough at your parents, you won't make their choices. Outside of my parents, I was also abused by bullies and such. Not to turn this into a pity party, but it's not just parents. No, being abused by bullies is the result of parents, parents uh, who aren't connected with you, who don't protect you, who don't stand up for you. The bullies sense that and they turn on you and rather that. So it's all about. Uh, let's see here. Steph, I don't think the UPB 2022 code is working. Uh, you don't think it's working? Let me get you the... Um, the actual, I'll get you the actual link. I'll get you the actual link. should be working. Uh, I should really update this to <laughs> 2023, right? Yeah, probably should do that. I probably should do that. Uh, let's see here. I never remember where to find these things. <laughs> but I will. I will. Just for you, my friend. Just for you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's chugging. All right. Uh, no. Uh, wait. Uh, oh. You know what? Maybe you're right. I will make this um, to the end of the decade. <laughs> you know what? You could be right. You could be right. And thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. All right. There we go. Uh, let me just uh, give you the code here. Share. Uh, copy. I will put this in the chat. And if you guys want to sign up here, I would really uh, appreciate that. You get a month free. You can get my new book and or my recently new book and all that kind of stuff, right? All right. Let's try that again. Thank you for telling me that. I didn't realize that it just expired. All right. Uh, children pass through you. What do you make of that statement? Oh, unless your mother is giving birth, I don't quite know what to make of it. Well, my girlfriend of five years just broke up with me. I'm 33. She's 34. A lot of our problems came from Adderall addiction. I miss her, but it's for the best. She's 34 and she just broke up with you? Oh, man, did she ever burn up a lot of valuable 
fertility years with you. Oof. Oof. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, she was not me. She would stay out for days because it became kind of crazy, then crash for days. Yeah. Uh, Steph, are you concerned now that your own child is entering puberty, her mid-teens, that she will become a person you may not like? No, I have no concern about that whatsoever, any more than I'm concerned that she's going to wake up tomorrow not speaking English, but instead speaking Japanese. All right. Should I rinse off these strawberries I bought from the grocery store before I start eating them? I think that's a good... I mean, it's a wife thing that I do it, but I wouldn't. I didn't think I did it before. All right. Uh, what if she becomes someone who comes not to like you in time for whatever reason? How would you deal with that? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what, what that means. She loves me. She loves to spend time with me. She's constantly inviting me places, and, and we do stuff together, and I don't know what that would mean. People aren't just random. They're not like roll the dice and see what happens. I mean, you've I, tell me, Bob. How long have you watched this show? What if what if I just start screaming abuse at people live? What if I just completely reverse all of my former positions? What if I just become a completely immoral, horrible person? What if I want to become the head of a tax collection department? <laughs> Oh, people don't act randomly. That's called integrity. <laughs> if you were someone who's virtuous, their behavior is largely predictable. That's called love because you can't trust people if you can't predict their behavior. And so integrity is saying my behavior is predictable. What if I just become the opposite of myself tomorrow? I mean, that's, that's rampant paranoia. You find people with integrity and that doesn't happen. When children hit puberty, they become different. Their personalities change. They become more independent and rebellious. No, they don't become different. Their personalities don't change. Yes, they become more punchy, but that's because they should. That's exactly right. I'm, if my, my daughter is welcome to question and disagree with me about anything and everything. It's a wonderful thing. I love it when she does that. It's great. Thoughts on the deep fake, deep fake porn drama going around the Twitch people. Some are comparing it to rape. Oh, so this is... Um, uh, so there are these... This is my understanding. Tell me if I'm incorrect about all of this, right? So my understanding of the story is something like this, that there are these very attractive women on Twitch and people have made um, explicit videos with their likeness but without them. And that this is... Uh, it, it's absolutely appalling. I mean, we, we're, we're entering a realm that is just incredible, right? I mean, you can get chats chatbots to approximate how other people sound deep fakes are a, a, a big issue it just means people are going to have to be really skeptical which they're not very good at being right and I, I think it's absolutely appalling obviously to make fake explicit content without somebody's permission it's pretty appalling to make it with their permission but it's particularly appalling to do it without their permission it's appalling it's absolutely terrible absolutely terrible absolutely terrible and i mean If you, if you milk your looks, this kind of, I'm not saying it, it's ever deserved, and, and these women are pure victims, but if you, uh, if you live by your looks or, or you have significant success based upon your looks, you're just going to attract some real creeps. It just is the way that it is in life. Uh, it's, it's a wide net, and it doesn't just catch the fish that you want. And this is why living by your looks is a challenge. It's a challenge. All right. Uh, let's see here. 
how does she feel about your status as a public figure? I'm sure she can talk about that at some point. I won't read to uh, uh, I, I wouldn't want to speak on her behalf as far as that goes. Uh, somebody says, my wife and I both work full time. We want to start homeschooling our five-year-old in September. Any advice, especially financially? I mean, it's, it's worth it. I mean, absolutely worth it. And um, homeschooling in general, I think it, it's best when it works conversationally. Stuff that you're interested in, you share, right? You go for a drive, you talk about money, or you talk about um, anime, or whatever you're interested in, and try and extract some sort of general principles about that, and so on, right? So, do you think there's an age too old to have kids for a man? Trump had one at 60. Not sure if that matters or not. I mean, ideally, younger is better, and there is some deterioration in sperm quality as a man ages, but better to have kids than not have kids however you can, right? Uh, the idea that adolescents randomly go off the rails is a myth. It's parents who fail to pass values that cause this, then they play dumb. Yeah, I mean, if you neglect your kids, you turn them over to strangers to raise, and those strangers programming them into hating you, well, then that's your fault for handing over your kids to strangers to raise, so. Uh, OnlyFans girls might have to get a real job. Well, that's interesting, right? So you've you've probably seen these pictures of, you know, they just can't get the nose right. <laughs> no, they can't get the hands right. I've, I've talked to my daughter who's big on painting and animation. I've talked to my daughter about how difficult hands are. to. And I, there was a painting growing up in my apartment when I was a kid. It was a woman, very golden sort of woman reading a book. And the hands were, they sort of turned into tentacles, one of them falling over the desk. Because hands are really notoriously difficult to get right. And AI is still not very good at getting. It's fine with boobs uh, and abs and I assume butts, but it just can't get the hands right. The mathematics, I guess, are a little bit, little bit different. So, um, if sexual imagery is created by AI, then sex workers who rely on digital images, the non-in-person sex workers, they're going to have a tough time competing. They're going to have a tough time competing. So, I mean, it's funny, right? I mean, everyone thought that it was going to be truck drivers put out of work by this new computer revolution. Instead, it turns out to be uh, artists, essay writers, computer programmers, <laughs> and sex workers. I don't know, it's kind of funny, right? Uh, how would you deal with library trips with toddlers if they want to pick out woke books? Um, well, it depends what age you're talking about. You, you do need to give self-defense to pe kids who are going to get old. They're going to have to live in this culture. Uh, but, um, I, you know, if, if, well, it doesn't necessarily mean woke books. If it's books that are promoting things that you vehemently disagree with, I think it's fine when the kids are older and you can tell them why and give them your thoughts and have them argue back and forth. But when they're toddlers, they're just going to, they're like sponges, right? So I would not put negative or offensive stimuli in front of a toddler. Uh, that's just not a good plan. Uh, Steph, how do you feel you've evolved since you first began your show? In retrospect, is there anything you'd do differently? I, I mean, of course, I think about that. Uh, I don't find it particularly useful. I mean, I did what I did. But I did what I did before love came to town. All right, who sang that? Who sang that? Where's that from? Come on, people. Give me your musical knowledge. Um, I mean, yeah, I've evolved a lot, and one day I'll do a sort of whole show on that. But I, I, in the basics, I've stayed the same, but I've certainly evolved quite a lot from the very beginning. 
how do you feel about steel manning your philosophical arguments for your conversations with an AI, trying to strengthen arguments and such? I think it'd be great. I think it's wonderful. Uh, I, I did steel man all of my arguments. I have entire debates with the best arguments against my arguments in a book called Essential Philosophy, essentialphilosophy.com. It's free. And also I steel manned the case for hitting children and yelling at children in my novel called The Future, which you can get at freedomand.locals.com. Uh, would you debate your AI counterpart? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When do you think you'll finish the audiobook for the present? Uh, probably a month, six weeks. I was there when I crucified my Lord. Uh, when they crucified my Lord, I held a scabbard when the soldier drew his sword. I threw the dice when they pierced his side, but I've seen love conquer the great divide. When love comes to town, I'm gonna jump that train, catch that flame. When love comes to town, I'm gonna catch that flame. Maybe I was wrong to ever let you down, but I did what I did before love came to town. Yeah, with B.B. King, that's great, yeah? And I remember seeing the rattle in her movie, it's like, they're mighty heavy lyrics for a young guy, they're mighty heavy lyrics. He's really great. I like BB. I like BB. Oh, excellent. He's dead now, isn't he? Late, late BB. All right. Okay. Any last questions, comments? We've had a cozy, well, hour 40. So, yeah, AI would be wonderful. Uh, but, it, you know, people have talked about, oh, run your shows through AI. Man, AI would have a tough time with my shows because sometimes I'm arguing with myself, sometimes I'm interviewing, sometimes I'm debating, sometimes I'm reading articles, and they need to exclude the article text that I'm reading to just get my arguments. Tough. You can do the books more easily, although even the books have debates and arguments in them. So, Have you had a chance to watch the new Elvis film? Uh, I did watch it. I did watch it. I found it uh, very noisy and not very insightful, nothing really about childhood and so on, right? So, uh, It's over the top but entertaining. Lots of singing. Yes, uh, great show, Steph. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much, Bob. I really appreciate that. And uh, don't forget at, at uh, freedomain.locals.com, sign up for a free subscription using the, uh, uh, I'll put the text in here as well. Uh, you can just uh, click on this and you can uh, try it out for a month. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, no harm, no foul, and you don't pay a penny. So, How long between chapter releases for the present? Uh, a day or two between chapter releases uh, at the moment. If you want, uh, can bias be placed in AI? Oh, yeah, absolutely. AI is nothing but bias these days. Uh, AI just copies. It doesn't, I don't think it creates anything. Yeah, for sure. How would you help someone who is addicted to pharmaceutical medication that is encouraged or prescribed by medical professionals? Dunno, man, that's not a philosophical question, but I'm sure that there are experts who can help with that, so. Uh, subtle incest implications in the film. They, weren't su they were super subtle between Elvis and his mother. Yeah, well, if it's too subtle, it's probably not that helpful for, for most people. All right, listen, before we go, before we go, I, I want to get something from you, right, to make sure. So, I mean, outside of politics, because, again, I find politics super boring now that they have to back up dump trucks to get the <laughs> classified documents out of Biden's bidet. Um, so... What are topics that you like the most that I can deal with? What are topics that you like the most? Just if you want me to do more truth abouts with the PowerPoints, I'm open to doing that. If you want documentaries, if you want more nonfiction books, you want more fiction books, topics that you like, more movie reviews, book reviews, whatever you like, more call-in shows, more rapid-fire Q&As, all of the more songs, like all of the formats that 
you like. And Bob says, okay, thanks, Steph. Thank you for answering my question, engaging with me directly. Much appreciated. You're a great intellect. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I am fortunate with the in-between ears brain matter, and I try to honor that good fortune by deploying it for the benefit of the world. You like truth abouts and movie reviews. All right. Movie and show reviews are always fun. Truth about the Russian war as politics these days. Morality and versus debates. All right. Anime reviews. More universals like UPB would be great. And what do you mean more universals like UPB? Do you mean more explanations of UPB or something else? I'm just going to make sure I store all of these. I really liked the wall analysis. Uh, part two would be awesome. All right. All right. I appreciate that. I, I should get back to the wall. Uh, I, so uh, freedomain.com. Sorry, freedomain.locals.com. There's an analysis of the side one of Pink Floyd's album, The Wall. Call-ins and Q&A. Um, Call-in shows taking in questions, economic analysis occasionally, etc. I want you to talk more about how great children are marriages. All right. Male-female relationship dynamics. That video on the gym was very enlightening, and I could use some more insights as I'm single in college, for sure. History of philosophy was so great. More, please. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed that, although it was hell at times. <laughs> it was hell at times. Uh, really, well, you'll sort of, if you hear it, um, and I'll put that out to, to the general public at some point soon, so. Okay, uh, that's good. Why well, won't show their butts but pretend to not want attention? Yeah, it's like me. Don't don't look at my forehead. It's like it's kind of prominent, right? Okay, well, listen, I appreciate that. Parenting book would be great too, okay? Um, I'll need to hire for a parenting book because I need a lot of data analysis. What do you like to talk about? Do you find joy in one particular topic about others? My joy, I don't want to sound all kinds of noble, but my joy is the philosophy that helps you the most. That's my absolute joy, is the philosophy that helps you the most. Could you refute Mises Institute's critique of UPB? Uh, yes, I have done that twice. So you can just look for uh, that at fdrpodcast.com. I've done two rebuttals of that. It was really, really terrible. When will Stefan Molyneux be added to the history of philosophers? I think long after I'm dead, but uh, we'll see. Uh, parenting, I uh, appreciate all that you do, Steph. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can do as many shows. I, I run out, don't run out of things to say, but I, I just I want to do the stuff that hits and helps you the most. Hits and helps you the most. Philosophy has done so much great for my life. I just want to make sure that it does great for your life as well, as much as possible. Any talks with Stephen Crowder lately? Gosh, no, I haven't talked to anyone from the uh, haven't talked to anyone from the old days in I can't even think how long. It's been forever and ever and ever. I'm in. I was deplatformed not just from my enemies or my listeners, but from my allies, supposedly, as well. That's the effectiveness of what they do, right? Uh, truth about Stefan Molyneux's head. Well, heads, really. Uh, I can't zoom out anymore because otherwise you'll see them all. All right. Show about codependency. All right. I will take a note of that as well. Thank you very much. All right. So let me save these. I don't know how to get this chat later. Let me save this someplace, right? You know, you save stuff and it's like buried somewhere, somewhere, somehow. All right. Topics. Wanted. One. Song breakdowns like you did about Jim Morrison are good. I appreciate that. Thank you. And let me just get one or two more of these. I got down to economic analysis. Occasionally. Uh, all right. Let me get these. Yeah, keep, keep them coming. Keep them coming. I'm happy to... Uh, uh, get these. And let's get these last ones. 
any documentaries? Which topic won? So, so far, the topic uh, uh, that won was the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War. So that would be uh, the next documentary, it looks like. Doctor Reviews, yeah. <laughs> My daughter will do those all day, twice on Sundays. All right, well, listen, guys, uh, uh, an autobiography, you don't mind? I started an autobiography, but I didn't get very far in it because it would mean tangling other people up into my life who are not responsible for me being semi-famous. So uh, that will have to be. Bitcoin roundtables, I appreciate that, and I will uh, keep looking into those. Uh, let's see, how did the Bitcoin do? How did the Bitcoin do between the start of the show and now? Oh, it's gone up. Oh, magnificent. Look at that. Uh, 1,100 Canadian today. Uh, 1,165. That's not bad. Uh, let's see here. I, uh, I enjoy your analysis of certain public figures. Yes. Okay, good. Animations like the story of your enslavement. Appreciate that. Civil War US. Those old single women remind me of the song Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vinton. Very sad and touching song. Oh, yeah. Uh, look at all the lonely people. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Situation was entertaining. Uh, I'm not sure if you mean that's a show or I did the shows I did on that were entertaining. So, Freddie Mercury, I'm the invisible man. Uh, Steph, before you go, my fiance and I went through a subway phase. Do you have a favorite subway sandwich? One of my daughter's favorite places to eat, by the way, is Subway, because I haven't told her the full story of Jared, of course. But uh, favorite subway sandwich, um, I like a... Uh, kind of the, the club sandwiches I, I sort of veer between i like the club sandwiches i find the meatball sandwich too heavy for my rather ancient uh, digestive system um my daughter is like just veggies no cheese just veggies no cheese no meat no nothing just straight up veggies she's uh, mostly vegetarian at the moment and i like the tuna um they used to have egg salad i think can't get that anymore but uh yeah turkey and nice some nice crispy bacon and veggies and one line of mayo and uh, in a wrap and i'm good to go all right the truth about jared from subway Ugh. true self versus false self that is very good Th those women should watch looking for mr goodbar you know i read looking for mr goodbar when i was about 14 and uh, it really did uh, it really did change my brain about a lot of things it's a terrifying ending she basically gets killed at the end and uh, the, the, the text cuts off in the middle. Uh, it's really appalling. So, The Italian or meatball sub. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's just a little heavy for me. So, All right, guys, thanks so much for a wonderful evening's conversation. I appreciate you dropping by. Freedomain.com forward slash donate to help out. Massively appreciate it. Lots of love from up here. And I am as great or as mediocre as you make me. So if it's a great show... Give yourself a pat on the back, both for thinking, for watching, for contributing, for supporting, for donating, for sharing, whatever you're doing to help philosophy. I hugely appreciate Mwah. Lots of love, guys. Take care. Have a superb evening, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>